Welcome to Feminine Fitness, a podcast for women that want to make simple shifts in their fitness and nutrition that make a big difference. I'm your host, Joelle, and I've been a health and fitness coach for over a decade. I teach women how to look and feel vibrant every day with workouts, food, and mindset changes that support feminine hormone cycles. Each episode, I will give simple tips that are easy to implement that align your goals with cycle syncing. If you feel like achieving your health and fitness goals is always a fight against your body, I want to help you stop the struggle and work with your body. I'm so glad you're here and welcome to today's episode. Welcome friends to a episode in the intentional productivity series. You have me on here with you, Joelle, and also we have Julie with us again, which we introduced to you guys in the previous intentional productivity podcast episode. So if you haven't listened to that yet, you want to know more about like why I have Julie on here with me, go listen to that episode. So, Hey, Julie. Hello. We are going to be talking to you ladies, I think every lady listening about overwhelm, because as moms, as wives, as working women, whether you are an entrepreneur, you've got a side business, you've got a full-time gig, or you're like Julie and you have all of the above, you have probably (laughs) experienced and had moments in your life where you're like, this is all just a lot. This is all just incredibly overwhelming. There's so many things. There's so many places to be, things to organize, um, plans to make, appointments to make. There, like, raise your hand if you have felt overwhelmed recently. I bet all of us are raising our hands right now. And um, we're really going to talk today about some things that you guys can do really to support yourself in a rhythm and pattern, when you feel this rhythm and pattern of overwhelm, like seeping in constantly. And I think the first thing we want to touch on is the mindset around overwhelm. And just know that number one, everybody experiences it. Even if, yeah, even if you think Susie Q over there has it all figured out, she doesn't. Like, and if she is in a smooth season right now, nobody is immune to all of the feelings that we're going to go through and overwhelm being one of them. At some point, we have all felt this. And at some point, we are all going to feel this, right? I know for me, and like, we can kind of go and talk about personal times with overwhelm. I know for me, when I get that overwhelming feeling, it's always because I'm letting way too much roll around in my mind. Like maybe I'm trying to hold on to to to-dos or tasks or reminders, and I'm just literally letting them linger in my head. But as soon as I get them down on paper, I can sense that that overwhelm feeling eases a little bit. But I think for me personally, overwhelm stems from me having the feeling, me getting down on myself about the feelings, and then creating all of these stories in my head about why I'm feeling that way. And recently, and you know, we've we've been taught, we'll be talking a lot about mental health come this spring. So spring of 2020, I have a lot of mental health podcast episodes coming up. And I really just want to say that oftentimes, 
when you're experiencing overwhelm, which leads to negative thought patterns, a lot of times just sitting down and writing them out, bold face in front of you and facing them really, really helps. I'm reading a great book right now called Your Mind is Always Listening. I think it's like your brain is always listening or your mind is always listening by Dr. Amen. I'll leave it in the show notes, but he talks about how we all have these dragons in our mind. Maybe it's trauma. Maybe it's overwhelm. Maybe it's just a lot like negative self-talk. And it's not that we are slaying the dragons. We are just dragon tamers because throughout our lives, these dragons may pop their heads out in different times, but it is empowering to know that facing them and really looking at them. And oftentimes that for me does mean writing them down like you are a 13 year old girl journaling, you know, like this is what's going on in my mind right now and blah, 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 blah. And why am I thinking this? I don't know why I'm thinking it. Just really like letting yourself express what is on your mind or, you know, even better, you guys finding somebody you can talk to about this feeling and reaching out to people maybe who have some sort of understanding or can be productive and have a great conversation with you about it. So, you know, everybody feels this way at some point in their lives, right? I, I refer to it often as brain dumping um, is, is kind of how you're talking about it too. So there's really two, you, for me in my head, there's two brain dumps. There's a brain dump you just described of and I've done it too, of if I'm having a negative day or if I'm having a negative mindset day, kind of journaling out what I'm feeling for some reason that really helps seeing it. And then a week later, and I would go back to cycle thinking a lot, you're going to look at that list and go, well, I was nuts. But the other side of it is, and especially as, as work, working full-time in the corporate environment, I will often just list everything in my head that has to do with work in one page, personal life in one page, and then my side hustle in another, and just get it out of my brain because you can't focus on everything at once. Mm-hmm. And so that's, I actually, and I'll, Joelle, I'll have you link it so that people can have it too, but I have a free like brain dump template, right? It's just literally bullet points, but just getting it out helps so much. That's good. So that is like, I mean, that just literally hopped in to the first tangible thing for you ladies is instead of letting your mind continue to wrestle with all of the things, let it all out and use that resource. We'll make sure to link that in, in the show notes as well to just let everything out. It doesn't even have to be beautifully written. Like forget about your grammar, forget about your handwriting, forget about spelling, like make it so it's only legible to you. If your brain is so overwhelmed and so chaotic, you could maybe sometimes even like putting hieroglyphics to somebody else. (laughs) You know what it means. That is all that matters, my friend. Right. Yeah. And you go ahead. You talked about how you were, how, what overwhelm feels like for you. And for me, it's, I ever, I think it's different for every person. Right. And for me, it's often it's definitely the brain whirling, but it's also for, I I get like this in my chest. I get just like anxious and I have to talk it out with somebody. And oftentimes it's my best friend. I call her in because she's in the corporate environment too. And just spill everything that's going on to get it out. 
for mm -hmm. sure. So I think no matter what role you are, overwhelm is, is universal and you're going to feel it even with the best systems in place. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so we talked about brain dumping. We talked about like sharing and expressing, like there is no need to hold in all of these emotions to ourselves or these feelings because like so much of life is meant to be in community and collaboration with other people. So whether that's a therapist or a best friend or just really somebody that you can trust put that sort of system in place, but you also do have journaling or your faith that you can lean on as well. So what do you say then, Julie, if we give them that task of creating a brain dump and then they like literally see all of the things that are in front of them, maybe that led into even more overwhelm. What do we do with a brain dump once it's all out on paper and in front of us? So I, I think this is more of a universal term, but then I call it the daily big three. And so it's looking at the list. It's mindset. So there's two things. It's mindset and it's a daily big three. And especially when you're in the midst of feeling extremely chaotic and overwhelmed, a lot of my work in the last year has been understanding that it's not all going to get done. And that I have to have boundaries, especially in the corporate environment, knowing that you just have to do what you can and you can't literally create more time in the day. There is only 24 hours and you need to sleep for at least eight. Well, at least seven of those yeah. hours. <laughs> yeah. So mindset, and I know you'll have a lot to talk about on mindset too, but mindset is number one in calming it. And then number two is of that list. That doesn't mean you have to go do everything. That means you need to now identify what is the number one thing that you need to do today. And then what is your number one thing to do tomorrow? And then forget everything else on the list until that number one thing is done. Yeah. Yeah. One step at a time, one thing at a time. And I would even go to say, looking at the list and seeing if you can kind of compartmentalize some of it, like categorize is probably a better word, categorize yeah. it and be like, wow, it's really a lot of work-related stuff that's causing me overwhelmed. Or for some, it may be like, oh, it's really scramble of routines or the scramble of kids' activities. Whatever it is for you, like maybe you can look at that. And if you're a color type of person, you could take certain highlighter and highlight everything that was about work or about you personally or family related and really see because then I think it would help in future episodes when we come to talk about systems and time blocking and things like that, where then you know if there's a squeaky wheel somewhere, but you put more intentional time, more intentional effort in greasing that squeaky wheel so it becomes a smooth machine, then it's not going to add so much overwhelm to your thoughts because it's really your thought and your feelings and how your, your brain is interpreting those thoughts that's causing you to feel overwhelmed, right? And like everything is important. And like Julie said, looking at the list and being like, yeah, sometimes when I'm brain dumbing, I'll even, I even know I'm going to write down something that I know isn't important, but just to put it on that paper right. so it's no longer thinning. I'm okay with that. And I think accepting, right? For me, I, so going into a, a recent weekend, I know the, the list of to-dos that I wanted to do for my professional career was probably at least eight hours of work. Well, I had family in town. We had activities. I was car shopping. 
we went to Disney on ice. I had my side hustle work that I had to do. And I've now since looked at that list and, and going, it's not going to be possible. I, I worked 50 hours last week. It's just not going to be possible. I need to pick the one thing I absolutely need to get done and move on and know that there is always tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And there's just always going to be things that feel overwhelming when you have so many balls in the air. Do you mind if I ask you this question that probably a lot of ladies in the corporate world linger on where in their jobs and career and you guys, Julie is an Enneagram eight and you tend to be the type that can speak indirect conversation. (laughs) So I know a lot of this is going to be scary for the ladies who are like twos and whatnot, where it's like, I don't want to bring or nines that don't want to bring up confrontation, but at work, what is your experience in the corporate world or like with the boss professional world where if somebody does have a job that is way over demanding, how would you help somebody just with your knowledge of the corporate world? What would you say to that person? I think, and I've said this too. So I work primarily with executives in my career and HR positions have been one of the hardest on top of like healthcare, et cetera, during the pandemic, because they've just had so many changes in the last two years with regulations and mental health with employees. And and there's just a lot going on with HR professionals right now. And so that's who I've had these conversations with is, is even my friends that have, or clients that have become friends. It has a lot to do with boundaries, right? If you're a high performing professional, or if you have a career that you really care about, you still have to take care of you. And I've seen people who haven't taken a vacation in three years and literal no vacation days right? Not just, oh, I haven't gone anywhere. It's, I have taken zero vacation days and I'm allotted 30. It goes back to the mindset and the conversations of, I need to prioritize. These things need to fall off. And it is accept that I'm doing my best or get me somebody to help. I think boundaries is huge with that. I've seen a lot of people who work all day and all night. And then that ultimately leads to a worst performing employee as well. And I judged my own boundaries last week. I worked every night last week in order to deal with some things at work, but it's not a consistent thing for me. And it used to be. And ever since I created boundaries, I still perform at the same caliber I did before. It's not always going to be possible. And there's always going to be exceptions to the rule, right? But generally you have to have boundaries. Yeah. Do you feel like when ladies often over overthink the process of setting a boundary, whereas from what I'm hearing as an, like as an Enneagram eight, you're saying like you're wanting to set that boundary and then you're also communicating the why and the outcome. Me taking this time, me having these vacation days, or maybe this project is going to take longer than the initial expectation time when you are reiterating why it's benefiting to the company the employer yeah of the employer it's usually received in a better light and even though i haven't worked for a company in a long time i i have assistance and i've had a multiple assistance in my 10 years of being my own boss and there have been times where they've messaged me and said, I'm going to Arizona. I'm not going to be doing these types of things during this week. And I was like, that's okay. It's yeah. going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And I've always appreciated 
as somebody's boss, when they come and they're like, you know, I'm just really getting tired with this certain task. It feels monotonous. And then I say like, you know, how do you want to, to go about this? I still want this to be a task of yours, but what can you do to zest it up or make it more fun or something like that? And they often have great creative ideas for me. Like maybe, maybe we could do this instead of that. And I think yeah. if you always, if you come in the insight of like, I avoid what you are doing, how you are showing up, and then really how this particular boundary is going to serve, like serve your restoration. And then which leads to a positive outcome for them. Like ladies, you're probably just overthinking it way too much. And you're thinking about the worst case scenario. And I would encourage you ladies to be like, what if I have this type of conversation and they appreciate that I'm setting this boundary and taking care of myself as a whole well-rounded human. And what if it ends up being a better conversation than you ever imagined? Well, and in my experience, like you said, I'm an Enneagram eight and I would say also an Enneagram three, right? Achiever and a direct person. I've worked with somebody in the last year that I've really, she was continuing to get more and more on our plate. When you're good at your job, you end up with more and more and more and more. And ultimately you are forced to have to speak up and say, I can't continue to be good at my job and have all of this on my plate or I will no longer be good at my job. And she was, and she's an Enneagram nine. And um, did she have the conversation? Was she sweating? She did eventually. (laughs) Yes. It took a long time for me to continue to you know, talk her through, like, you have to speak up or your work will fail. Anyone who enjoys their job is the worst feeling in the world. It takes time, but it also, like you said, if it comes from a place of how it will serve the employer, assuming you're a good employee, right? This is all, as a boss, I have employees that if they came to me and said, I can't work, at, in the evening anymore. And if I know their workload shouldn't be done in the evening, then we talk about productivity tips, time management, um, batch planning. I mean, batch working, even in the corporate environment. But if it's somebody who I look at their plate and they say, you know, I have too much on my plate and they're working 70 hours a week. Okay. Maybe it's time we pivot as an employer because I don't want to burn this employee out if I value them. Yeah. So there you guys, you have some really great insight on that because I know for a lot of women, it's really hard to bring up the burnout, overwhelm type of conversation to an employer because you feel like they're going to think that you're lazy or regressing or not showing up or not doing enough for them. I would imagine podcast ladies, ladies who listen to podcasts, we're a different type. We usually (laughs) are the go-getters. We are the ones that are always wanting to be like the shining star in the show, whether it's at a job or in personal life or whatever it is. That's a really, I think that was a necessary topic to hit on when we're talking about overwhelm, because a lot of times for ladies, it is in that professional space, because in a lot of cases, you work not necessarily because you absolutely love your industry, but because you want that financial element to provide for your family. But for some reason, this is coming on my heart to say too, because I've had my, you know, I've seen others and friends hang on to jobs because they think that there's nothing else better out there or they're very comfortable. But I've also seen people change companies and industries and just thrive 
from the change. Find companies that have really good values and that do value their employees' family life or rest time or whatever it is. I grew up in a family where like both of my parents are very loyal to their careers and I see the positive in that, but I also see the negative in that because I feel like, especially for us who are in our 30s, if you are like just at a soul crushing space in your career, and I'm not like preaching the <laughs> responsibilities and go live on the beach. I'm not saying that at all, but I am saying I've seen you know neighbors and friends and other community members and even my spouse go, mm, I'm not that happy here. I'm going to see if something else, else out there is better. And majority of the time, that next thing that you evolve to, that you move to, does end up being a better fit because you've defined what you don't want. You're speaking to somebody who's been at my company for nine years. So <laughs> I'm, 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 uh, I've certainly stayed put, but I've seen, because I have exposure to so many different industries, so many different types of clients, and even with my team, from my perception If you're not happy, ultimately the employer sees it too. It's usually a mutual decision. It's very rare that, at least that I've seen, that it's a high-performing employee that's extremely happy that leaves, right? If you're not happy, it shows up. And, And you do need to find something that works for you. And like you said, from a cultural perspective and from a balance perspective, try making it work. I mean, speaking as a manager, right? Try making it work at your current employer. Speak up and talk about the boundaries that are not working for you, but they again, have to be reasonable. You can't say, I want to work 20 hours a week. No, we all are running businesses too. We also all want our employees to be happy. How does a mom then take all of these like balls that she's juggling in the air and literally have it so she feels like she's the one keeping the juggling in sync? instead of dropping. So for me, it's being consistent on that brain dump method. I actually do it weekly on Sundays so that it doesn't build up. And I, for my work life, for my home life, and and I actually, so one thing we haven't talked about this is, is my husband is home in the winter. So I will list out everything from a home and personal life perspective that needs to get done, but then I delegate it to my husband because I have that luxury you know, again, I don't want the perception that I do it all, all the time because it's not reality. And then again, scheduling out your most important tasks for the day. Now, I think from a personal perspective and from a mindset perspective with overwhelm, you also need to put you as a priority regardless of your role. And and it's going to look different. And I'd love to hear your perspective on how it looked for you in your different seasons. But for me, what's helped is being conscious of what you are doing for yourself every day. Not the things you're doing unconsciously that you're not really acknowledging, but what are you consciously choosing to do just for you, just because. And it could legit be five minutes of stretching. It could be an hour bubble bath. It could, you know, whatever time you have in your day, but that helps with the overwhelm because you know, you're not on this hamster wheel constantly of all the to-dos that you are taking time for you. Yeah, that leads into... I'm going to stick with what I had said with the original question. I thought we were going to be rolling into like a shameless plug of like, it's important to put it in your front of your face and (laughs) day to day, like what it is you are doing your tasks. So paper planner, I mean, I've done everything different from like having a blank piece of notebook paper open in the kitchen Mm -hmm. island 
every day, especially that was when like my kids were young and it was like the kitchen was the main place I was in, but it's different now that I'm have like designated office time and hours and space to think. But for me, it's definitely then taking that brainless, that prioritization, and then plugging it into my paper planner. So some of those things, you know, if I write down, like, I want to get the kids in swimming lessons, I could put that on to look at next Tuesday, like putting that in my, then I take that brain dump and all those tasks that are on my mind and I space them out big time. I will pick like the one that I is most pressing, but some of those things, okay, well, I can, I can put that on for another day, but I do want to make sure something like that gets into the calendar. So then it gets scheduled and attended to, right? I actually just, so one of the planners I just launched on Etsy, it's already, you know, when you're listening to this, it's launched on Etsy is we'll have to look at her Etsy to see if there's anything up there, but, or just trying out some of the pages that she has. Yeah. There's a, a weekly layout with daily big threes for that specific reason. And then I have a brain dump page at the end of the, each week. And you can categorize it because that's how my brain works, right? Of, of that overwhelm. So that would be a really <laughs> that would be a really great place for a lot of you to start because with really getting to know like how a planner is best going to serve you, I do think like having something that is just that basic and then thinking about, oh, I need a category specifically for this, a category specifically yeah. for that. If you don't know that yet that one would be a really good place to start. So we'll make sure to link that one for you guys. Where were we rolling before I went back? Do you remember? <laughs> uh, I asked you and, and habits were. Oh, okay. My brain. Steps for overwhelm. <laughs> so it really comes back to self-care and I'm not talking fluffy self-care. I have a whole podcast episode on this. I'm not sure what the timing of if it's out yet or if it is coming yet, but if you search feminine fitness self-care, it'll be coming or out soon where it's like, I think our generation has made self-care so fluffy and mushy, but it, what it really needs to be is things that truly restore your heart and calm your central nervous system down ladies like yeah stop having this like always aggressive flight or fight response to what's going on in life and I truly think self-care is that those small things like they're not big production things I was actually talking to my mom about this because I heard Shalene Johnson talk about how my our generation thinks like going to get nails done and hair done and all of that self-care whereas like my mom's generation Shalene's generation is like I just do that I that is maintenance that is maintenance for my hygiene like that is hygienic maintenance in their eyes like it is not like a treat yourself and yes it does feel good after you get out of a salon or whatever but true soul restoration happens in little moments. Like maybe that's a peaceful moment, taking a few breaths in the car before you get your kids from daycare for me. And I never, ever would have thought it was this, but reading fiction books when I am reading And I mean, for so long, I never wanted to read fiction because successful people, and I'm using air quotes, successful people read personal development and personal growth. Well, the more I read about anxiety, the more I had anxiety. And I found like with fiction books, my brain just 
stayed in one spot. It stayed focused on that one thing. And that tends to be, and it's realistic for the season that I'm in right now with little kids and a husband that I want, and I'm a homebody. And so it's very realistic for me to do that in, you know, like after the kids go to bed, after I've done, sometimes I do things around the house. Sometimes my husband and I have great conversation, but when I, when I come up into our room and then sometimes it's like my skincare and like really like staying focused on one thing. I think self-care really needs to be ourself focused in the moment. And for many people that could be taking a walk without your cell phone. It could be sitting on your patio furniture, listening to the birds. It could be, you know, painting your toenails while you're listening to the birds. Like you could, you could do some of those like fluffy self-care things, but I think it has to be, you have to ask yourself, like, is this truly restoring my soul? When we were leaving for church this morning, I, I felt like that heart, I don't know if it was like doubt or overwhelm, but I just felt like that negative energy in there. And then just knowing like me going to church, bringing my son to Sunday school, it was truly going to restore my soul. I was going to feel so much better when I finished that church service. I was going to feel so much better coming out of that. And I protect that bringing my three-year-old with me to a church service that does not fill my cup up because I'm like, (laughs) he's going to be wiggly and talking and I'm going to be shushing. And I like, I don't, I don't even want to say like, it's for me, like just mom brain where I don't in that moment where I want to restore myself through my faith, I don't want it to be a production. And I've, I've said that a lot of times when I was struggling to go to church, when my kids were really, really little and I said that and people were like, oh, it's good for them to realize they have to sit through something like that. And I'm like, but that is not the place that I want them to learn that skill because I really need to connect to my faith for my heart to feel true self-care at a soul level, right? Does that make sense? And it was a lot of trial and error, especially after becoming a mom, because I was thinking like, oh, is it an evening out with a friend. Well, a lot of times that would cause me sometimes more overwhelmed because it's like to get the kids ready, to get them out of the house, to do to do And then I get what an hour. And then if I'm gone too long, then I feel bad. And it was, it did just take a lot of times. And so even though I say like fiction books, I know not everybody's going to be into reading, but just find one small thing, one small thing where you can give your presence to it and settle in it and savor it and stay there. And I think it's that savoring, savoring that, that moment, that presence, that nourishing, whether it's like skincare or, you know, making a little snack for yourself, whatever it is, you have to realize that it's got to restore your soul, not just be another, like, I'm going to get my hair done. I'm going to get my nails done. And Right. Yeah. And you're just really saying everyone gets overwhelmed and you can't just keep trying to cross things off the to-do list. You need to put yourself as an addition, like as a priority in order to be intentional about your productivity Mm -hmm. and what your vision is each day. Mm -hmm. 
And sometimes that heart restoration, I know like with little kids, it's like, well, how can I do that when I have king kids clinging to me all the time? And I would then say like trying to find little pockets to savor. And so what I mean by that is, is when my kids do have TV time or watching a movie, maybe I like have one of them snuggle up with me or if neither of them want to snuggle, I grab my blanket (laughs) and I'm literally just like taking some breaths and putting myself just in like a present savoring the moment space and not like, yeah, there's probably dishes that need to be done or laundry or all that. Like I could always be going a million miles a minute, but I'm just going to sweetly savor what is here right now. And sometimes that even meant like not even sitting on the couch. It was like getting on the floor, like getting really grounded helped me a lot, like physically. Cause I know, especially after like postpartum depression and anxiety, it's hard to work through all of that and to rewire your mind to be like, you're actually okay. <laughs> like you're actually okay to not be moving a hundred miles a minute. Right. For sure. So I hope that this episode helped you guys with the, you know, in those moments when you're really feeling overwhelmed, I want you to take the tips that we gave you. We kind of just rounded them out pretty quickly, but we started with understanding like everybody feels this way. Everybody will feel this way and to let it out, whether we always suggest a brain dump, we always suggest a brain dump, putting it out on paper, sharing it with somebody for support, because that it's not just you. Like I promise you, it's not just you. Just if it's your mom, your spouse, your best friend, a colleague, whatever it is that you feel safe to like really process it out loud through or sometimes it's just like I process it all out loud now I let it go like let it go or now I'm going to giggle about it or do something and then really looking at that list and and evaluating it in some way maybe evaluating it by like what do I notice about this what do I really notice about this and we gave some of those examples like is there a commonality is it just not expecting yourself to do it all at once and spread it out over a calendar. And then really knowing that you've got to nourish you. You've got to settle. You've got to, you've got to settle the momentum of being frazzled and crazy chaotic and really restoring to you and making sure you're finding the things that restore your heart, not just like, Oh, somebody else is like, Oh, face mask, self-care. But like you, hate the process of a face mask, which I personally do because it's like, I get a mess all over my skin. (laughs) And then I'm just like, oh, I I don't like it. It's not like self-care for me, but really finding those things that restore you and that re-nourish you. And it's often not going to be like the two hour long massage, even though those things feel great. It's like those minute things in the moment to get present and to savor. And Again, accept the mindset that it's, you cannot do it all. So refocusing and letting go of what you can't currently do at this time. And know where you are in your cycle. Uh, we're essentially just why yeah. you're feeling that way uh, is a lot of, I, I feel overwhelmed in specific 
Yeah. In specific, yeah. In specific phases, you're just going to feel that overwhelm. Hashtag brutal. <laughs> hashtag right before you. And then you're just going to come out of it. You're going to be like, oh, I, I get it. I feel much better now and understanding all of that. So I don't know why it took us that long to bring up knowing where you're at in your cycle. But <laughs> It's just a given. It's just a given when we're talking together. So thank you guys so much for listening and hanging out with us today. We'll be bringing more intentional productivity topics to you guys. If you have any questions or specific things that you are really struggling with in time management and like keeping track of all of the things that we need to keep track of as moms, send Julie or I a DM and we would love to put it in the vault, to put it in the vault for upcoming podcast episodes. We would love for you to share this episode with another fellow mama that is feeling overwhelmed with all of the things right now and we will talk to you guys next time hold up my friend wait a minute do you wish there was a way to stop the weight loss struggle let's end the misery of cutting calories and increasing cardio as our only approach to achieving our goals and i know what it feels like to be constantly obsessing over my body working out harder eating less while not seeing results and actually seeing things go completely backwards Imagine if you knew how to work with your body, what would it be like to deeply know and understand what your body is going through and give it exactly what it needs to look and feel your very best. This is exactly why I created the Feminine Fitness Foundations course, where I teach you how to sync your fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle with your cycle while increasing your metabolism. You will walk away with understanding each phase of your cycle, what is supportive for each phase, And I know that most plans have you focus on what to cut out, stop doing, or eliminate. But my approach is teaching you to focus on what is supportive for your body and what to do to enhance your everyday life, not deprive you from it. For a limited time, the Feminine Fitness Foundations is available as a self-paced beginner's course. If you get started right now, you will get access to the course and bonus materials like my cycle syncing cheat sheet, meal plan, food list, and four-week strength training program. You guys, go to tinyurl.com forward slash feminine foundations and enroll right now like go right now sister because i cannot wait to help you realize your hormones are your superpower not the curse of aunt flow and how to use cycle syncing strategy to work with your body instead of against it so the link again is tinyurl.com forward slash feminine fitness or you can check out the link in the show notes of this episode, or it's always in my Instagram bio as well.